0: Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events. Contact me or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Greed, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellramby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, we're going to jump into our lesson today, which is titled Wake Up. To who you are. And I want to start with a question. How many of you say, I need more joy, more confidence, more passion, or purpose in my life? How many of you can say, I'm I'm wanting to do that? I mean, time is short. And I know for me, you know, God's changed, things changed. There was a season in my life where things looked one way, and then I'm in a different season and there are different seasons in our lives. And I think it's so important that we hear what God wants to say to us in the different seasons. And years ago, I had a dream and I'm not a real dreamer. So when I have a dream, I kind of take note. And in this dream, I was walking around a table and this was back in 2003. I was walking around this table. And as I would walk, I would go up. It was like everybody was asleep. Everybody was had their head down and was asleep on the table. But I would go up and say, wake up. You've got to wake up to who you are. Wake up. Wake up. And I went around the entire table doing that. And I woke up the next day and I was like, God, what does this mean? What does this mean and what must I do? What does this mean? So at that time I was the director of the Christian Women's Job Corps of Kerr County and I worked with 14 women at that time and many of them overcoming some major adversity in their life. And um, one of the things God said is he said, I want them to understand their value and worth and I want you to wake them up to that. And um, so That's really how this lesson began, which has been, gosh, 20 years ago. But God has shown me more and more about my identity as the years have gone by. Um, It's so easy for us to get our identity in things that are going to change in our lives. I know for me, I had gotten my identity um, as uh, that I was married. I remember I couldn't wait to get married in 1979 um, and become, back in those days, you went by your husband's last name, you know, and it was Mrs. Jo Maxwell. I thought, then I'm gonna be somebody when I'm married. And, you know, it didn't take too long to figure out that 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 doesn't, a man doesn't make us somebody. And then it went on to, I had children, and I thought, I'm going to be somebody now that I'm going to be a mom. And then I went on, and I, I had a business at that time, and I got my identity as um, a, my business, because that's how people knew me, was gymnastics, etc. cetera, Kathleen Maxwell, gymnastics, etc. And God began to rearrange that in my life. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that. I came to know the Lord when I was 10 years old. I went to Sunday school and accepted Jesus, invited him into my heart at that time, grew up in the church. Um, my, my dad was even one of the leaders in a church. and But it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I began to understand my identity and who I was in Christ And so there was a shift. I also really believed and I'm going to be gut- level, honest, I tell stories about myself. I believed God loved other people, but deep down, there was something that was blocking me, understanding His love for me. And you know, there's so many things out there right now in our media that we can listen to, but I believe we've got to listen to what the Word says. So, let's go to Isaiah 44 is the first scripture I want to reference, and it says, "This is what the Lord says." I think so many times there's there's things that we can get our information on media and whatever. I remember when COVID came out and. COVID shots and the whole nine yards, I remember going to the Lord because there was so much confusion for me. And I said, Lord, I just need to know what you have to say to me. I don't care what anybody else does. What do you have for me? And I think that's what we need to do is go to the Lord and seek him. But in Isaiah 44, verse 6, this is what the Lord says. I am the first and the last. Apart from me, there is no God apart from me there is no god and then in isaiah 44 verse 2 and 6 we discover that god actually talks about he talks about you he talks about me and here's what he says your life is not a mistake you may have made mistakes in your life but your life is not a mistake god designed and purposed you you didn't just get here because your parents had sex god purposed for you to be born. And it says, he who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. That's who God says he is for you. He made you, he formed you, he gave you the personality, he gave you the talents, he gave you everything about you. And I know for me, I had compared myself to other people for so long in my life and felt like I didn't measure up and God began to say no 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 I made you just the way I want you it's time you discover that and step into your purpose your identity and your passion and guess what I got more confidence and I got more joy Isaiah 48 verse 17 it says this is what the Lord says there it is again your Redeemer the Holy One of Israel I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you. Isn't that neat? Whatever it is you need to learn, or whatever it is you need to discover. There are many times it's like, Lord, I need you to teach me how to do this. And the scripture goes on to say, who directs you in the way you should go. You know, we're living in days where we need direction. And God has answers, and I think when we go to Him and talk to Him, just like you'd talk to a friend, you don't have to kneel. You can talk to God. I talk to Him sometimes in the grocery store, walking to you know, to my car, um, wherever I am. God is right there to meet you. Turn your heart to Him and ask Him. Sometimes it's like, Lord, show me how to do this. But I love Isaiah 48, the promise that's there says, I'm the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you and who directs you in the way you should go. So that's another reason we should be seeking God in that. And so part of my goal today is to help erase the wrong things you've believed about yourself and exchange them for the truth. I know I have believed a lot of lies and One day, I remembered. I just discovered that I was disagreeing with God when I didn't embrace who He made me to be. I was, I was believing a lie. And guess what? When you believe a lie, you empower the liar. When you believe a lie, you empower the liar. And so that's why I think it's important we go to the Lord and say, what do you have to say about me? And I need to get my identity, my value in you, because you put me here on this earth. So number one in your questions, number one, as you're taking notes, understanding your identity, and identity goes in the first blank, and getting it from the right source is vital to our purpose. That's why we get up in the morning, why God put us on earth. And it makes us stronger. Identity is so important. And when we understand our identity, it brings, here's the next blank, security when life rocks our boat. It brings peace to our hearts confidence, and destiny. And it's also important to our mental health, our joy, and an anchor in adversity. And I'm going to just jump to number two. Your note-taking. Understanding our identity is key to transformation it 's key to change in our lives. If you would have met me hmm thirty four years ago now i 'm telling my age, because <laughs> um, God started working this in my thirties. if you would have met me then you would see have seen a totally different woman, and so I am just so excited about each one of you discovering more of who God made you to be. See, for many years, I didn't like the way God made me. I thought he had made a mistake. Um, Although I might've appeared confident on the outside, I was insecure on the inside. And you wouldn't have perhaps known it because I had these walls around my heart. That's a whole nother lesson. And I was always trying to be like somebody else, instead of the girl that God made me to be. And one day I was standing in my gym, and I was in my 30s. I was maybe, I don't know, 30, 30, 31, 32. And I was standing there just looking at what I needed to do. Class was not there. Staff wasn't there. And I just felt the Lord speak to me, and he said, Kathleen, you can't get your identity in your husband, and your kids, are in this gym, because they can all be gone. You've got to get it in me, is what I felt like the Lord said. And I, like, froze because it kind of rocked my boat, because I saw how I had gotten my identity and value. If my husband said he loved me and hugged me, then I must be of value. If he didn't, then I must not. Cognitively, I knew my kids were going to grow up and leave home. Our vision was to raise our kids to be independent, self-sufficient, and go on. So I knew that that was the goal with them. I knew that one day I would sell the gym. Actually, I sold it three years after that. Uh, so I could be home with my kids more. At that time in their life, my oldest was in junior high and he needed, I needed to be at all the things. But little did I know that I was gonna be widowed at 49 and my husband only had a few more years on this earth. And I will tell you when I was widowed, I had to discover who I was again in that season of my life. We don't have any guarantees for tomorrow, but I'm forever grateful for God, even though that day I froze and I wasn't quite sure, all I could say was, Lord, I need you to teach me who I am and how you made me because I was always trying to be somebody else. You know, I admired all the girls that were pretty and cute and super sweet and, you know, seemed to fit the mold. Back in those days, um, it was women were supposed to be more in the background, so to speak. Some of you that are older can, you know, it just, that's just kind of the way, kind of the way it was. And I was more outgoing. I was bold. I would say things, I'd say what I thought. I've gotten, tried to be a little bit better at that <laughs> as life has gone. But I had gotten th- my identity in things that had happened to me. And some of that was rooted in my childhood. Um, this is going to be redundant for those of you that may have heard me before but as a little girl I was overweight and I had I was pigeon-toed and so I had to wear these huge brown clunky shoes that's how they corrected that disability when you were young and so you know I was teased a lot I was the last one picked on the kickball team And those words that kids said, that even family sometimes said, they hurt my heart when I'm gut-level honest. Now, you know, I put up walls, like I said. But deep down, when I was gut-level honest, when I was gut-level honest, that was, I felt like I was a mistake, that God just didn't make me like all the other little girls around. And I want to challenge you as women as mothers, as grandmothers, as employers, as people in this community. Your words matter. Be careful what you speak over your children. Be careful what you speak over your grandkids. Be careful what you speak to your coworkers because words can have lasting effect. Perhaps you have had negative words spoken over you too, by your friends, by your family, by your boss, by your spouse. Like, you'll never amount to anything. You always screw things up. You're a failure. You know, things like that can be forms of verbal abuse. Or you're dumb. You know, maybe you've had a harder time understanding things or been dyslexic or had some other thing in your life. Many times when we believe that we're not of value, we're believing a lie and we empower the liar. So what I wanna to do today is erase some of those negative things. And I want you to seek God on the truth about you because the Bible says our words do make a difference. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it eat the fruit. Eat its fruit. Every encounter, and this is number three, filling in your blanks. Every encounter you have with someone is either a deposit or a withdrawal from their emotional bank. And what happens is many times, some of those, the enemy is, does not play fair. He picks on children. We've seen that in this community here in Uvalde. <laughs> and what happens is when we believe those lies and those, that bullying, that's the word they use now, then it, carry, it can carry on with us into our adult life. And the Bible says our words either speak life or death. There's no in between, and that's been a challenge, you know, for somebody that was I would tend to just speak my mind. And sometimes the Lord's like, "Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your your job is to pray. Your job is to pray." You know, John Jesus tells us in John ten ten, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's Satan's job description. But Jesus said, I have come so you can have life and life abundantly. That's what God has for you, is life and life abundantly. And that's John 10.10. I didn't make it up. It's in the Bible. But one of the ways Satan ties to kill us and destroy us is with the lies and people telling us negative things. So my question to you is... What lie have you perhaps believed, either consciously or subconsciously? Physical, mental, verbal abuse, sexual abuse, and emotional abuse are often used to tell us lies about ourselves. And maybe you've let those things define you. It doesn't define you, Those may have been things that happened to you. But God wants you to know who you are in him because he defines you. He placed you in your mother's womb. And many times shameful things happened and we get our identity in shameful things that have happened to us that we had no control or power over. I work with a number of um, people... um, And I do work one-on-one with people. Um, But many times, those shameful things that have happened, people have gotten their identity, and I have the joy of helping them rise up and see themselves from God's perspective. You know, God always, the enemy puts labels on us, and we wear them like clothes. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're worthless. You're fat. You're a klutz. You're dumb. And God says, Take those clothes off and put on who I say you are. You know, God always calls us up. He always calls us up and speaks to the good in us. And He has thoughts about you. We're going to read that scripture in a minute. I can't wait. You and I aren't perfect. But God doesn't look, and he's not up there shaking his finger. He's saying, Kathleen, come on, I know you got to rise up. I want you to see things from my perspective. I want you to see this person from my perspective. I want you to see this situation from my perspective. Sometimes I'm like, okay, God, but just give me five minutes in the flesh, and I'll handle this. (laughs) And it's like, no, no, no. That's not going to be good for you. So let's, you know, you probably shouldn't do that, but okay. Um, But I have a choice in that. And he wants us to live life and life to the full. And what I begin to realize is God made me bold. He made me who I was with my gifts and talents because he wanted me to use them for kingdom purposes. His purposes. And he designed me because he was thinking future. He said, I'm going to take this girl, and I'm going to drop her in Uvalde. And you know, God's opened so many doors in this town, but he needs you too. He needs you wherever you live in the podcast. He needs you to be a light in your community. He needs you to discover and speak life into people around you. This is for each and every one of us. And that's why it's important and I'm passionate about waking up the body of Christ. Because he wants us to live life and life to the full and then give it away to other people. And, you know, it was interesting. Back in, I guess, my 40s, we ended up taking a personality test. Those had kind of come out. And my late husband and I were in... um, training for church leadership. And we had this guy come in and for all of us in leadership, the purpose was to discover our gifts and talents to know who needed to do what in our church. And it was revolutionizing for me because it was like I even got another layer to discover who I was in that. And I discovered something. I was always trying to be like somebody else. And in my personality, there's only like 10 to 20% in that. So I was never going to be like the other 80% because that's not how God designed me. Number four, the truth is found about you in Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. It says you were hand-knit by God, and your life has purpose. Purpose is in that blank, and God wants you to discover it. You are fearfully, that's the next word, and wonderfully made. I want you to all say it with me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Everybody say it. Okay. That person, I mean, that word fearfully, it means to revere. You are someone to be revered. You have value. When you look that word, one of the things I love to do is read scripture from different translations, but I always go to the King James because that's more literal. And I look different words up in the concordance and that word fearfully, means to revere. I thought that was so cool. So you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm going to read that whole passage, or not the whole passage, but uh, Psalm 139, 13, and 14. It says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. There it is again. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. And I read that scripture one day, and I knew David had written it in the Psalms. And I read that, and I looked at it, and I just stopped right there, and in my living room said, I don't know that full well. I was just being gut-level honest with God. I was like, God, your word says it, so it's true. But I don't know that full well, so I need you to teach me. I need you to help me understand how you made me. It goes on and it says, my frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And then I love verse 17. Oh my word. It says, how precious are your thoughts of me, God. Do you know God's thinking about you? He's thinking about you. I was going through something the other day, and I've had some physical challenges lately. I had a major hip surgery, and it really set me back, and I'm a real active person. Um, and then I was really making some progress there, And I got a shot in my other knee because I had to literally be on one foot for eight weeks. So my other knee took a I had to hop on one foot with a walker for eight weeks. So my other knee took some hits. And I got the shot and I had an allergic reaction to it. So my other leg is still swollen. And so I was like, I was so discouraged. I was just so discouraged. I was tired. I'd been dealing with my hip since the end of June and finally making progress and then this happened and it felt like such a setback and I was like, Lord, and he said, I'm thinking about you. He said, I'm thinking about you. I know you. I know you. I'm walking with you. You're going to be okay. But sometimes we have to remind ourselves of the truth. And right there in verse 17 of Psalm 139, How precious are your thoughts of me! How vast are the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Don't tell me you're not important. Don't tell me you're not a, you're a, that you're a mistake. Because God says he's thinking about you. You're important to him. He knows your situation. He knows your heartbreak. He knows right where you are right now. And he says, I love you. I made you. I'm here to walk with you. I want to heal your broken heart. I want to erase the lies you've believed. We live in a broken world. And because we live, perfect will come when we go to heaven. But we live in a broken world. And bad things happen to good people. The perfect world will come when we get to heaven, but it's not now. So we've got adversity here on this earth and things we get to overcome as we walk with God. But God's thinking about you. If you don't walk away with anything today, Psalm 139, verse 17, he's thinking about you and he loves you and you're designed with purpose, and you're wonderful, and you're fearfully made. You're someone to be revered. And you know, for me, when I realized I didn't know that full well, the Lord just spoke to my heart, and it was a kind thing. He said, you know, you hate your—he said, this is called self-hate— And I had to agree with God. He said, you've always tried to be somebody else, and I just want you to be you. You're perfect the way I made you. You're going to continue to make mistakes, Kathleen. But just be you and walk with me, and I will help you. And so the way we get out of a situation is repentance. Do you know repentance is your friend? Repentance is agreeing with God and going the other way. And repentance is your key to freedom. And so maybe some of the things I've spoken have struck a chord with you. And you're like, I don't feel fearfully and wonderfully made. This is how I feel. Be honest with God. He wants to help you. But agree with his word and say, Lord, I repent. And so for me, I had to say, Lord, I've hated myself for years, and I don't want to keep doing that anymore. I want to be all you've called me to be. So I repent, and I choose to believe the truth of your word. So change my thinking. Change my thinking. Many times we need our thinking changed. Because it tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, Don't compare yourselves. It says, We do not dare classify or compare ourselves with someone who condemns themselves. And it goes on to say when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves they are not wise they are not wise i tried a majority of my life i'm 64 so now i guess i'm over the hump but to be someone god never intended me to be you know other life circumstances um that i've seen in people's lives where people have gotten their identity i've worked with women and and their parents were in jail or they were abandoned for some reason maybe emotionally abandoned i worked with somebody not too long ago and parents were so busy and didn't have time and sometimes there's circumstances sometimes people have to work several jobs and aren't able to be there all the time. But many times I've seen people get their identity and say, I must not be of value. My mom, my dad didn't spend time with me, my grandmother, my parents weren't there. Any situation that makes you feel less than is hard. You know, I struggled with that when I had when I had became widowed at 49 and I had to all of a sudden check that box, the first time I was like, I don't like checking that box. I don't like this label that's on me now. Until I discovered in the Bible how precious widows are to God. And so there was another upgrade. And so if you're sitting here and you're widowed, or perhaps you've lost a child many times those things that happen in life we could begin to get our identity in it and then i got to where when i discovered how special widows or were the bible even talks about orphans maybe if your parents weren't around you were emotionally orphaned if not physically god says you're a value get your identity in me Get your identity in me. So, fast forward to we sold my business. And my late husband and I were walking down the steps of the courthouse in Kerrville. And all of a sudden, I stopped. And I looked at him. I said, oh my gosh, who am I? And he said, what are, Kathleen, what are you talking about? I said, who am I? He said, what are you talking about? I said... I Everybody knows me as gymnastics, etc. Kathleen Maxwell, gymnastics, etc. And I had gotten that my identity as in what I did. You're not a human doing, you're a human being. And my husband turned and looked at me and he said, Oh, crazy woman, you think that's bad? Everybody calls me Mr. Kathleen. <laughs> He said, Come on, get in the car. You sell the business, let's go on. You know, but it really made me stop and think Who am I now? Maybe you've gotten your identity and your occupation, and your mothering, and being a wife, and your talents. And God says, Now, I love you just the way you are. I love you because I just love you. You're not a human doing. You're a human being. It says in Psalm 8, 3 through 5, and really go back and read these scriptures. Look at them in your Bible. You may want to highlight them. My Bible is highlighted. I have them just written down because I don't have time to flip to them as I'm teaching to keep going. But it says in Psalm 3, verse 3 through 5, it says, when I consider the heavens... And the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? And human beings that you care for them. David's talking with the Lord. And then it says in verse 5, You have made them a little lower than the angels and crown them with glory and honor. And one day as I read that passage, and God was speaking to my heart, He said, I've made you. You're a little lower than an angel. I've given you a crown, Kathleen, of glory and honor. You just don't wear it. And I was like, oh. And He said, I want you to wear your crown. I want you to walk as though you were wearing a crown, because you're that special to me. And that's not just for me, this is for you too. And so I pretended, because I'm a grown woman, in my, I was in my early, I think, 40s. And I pretended because I wasn't going to walk around town like this with a crown on my head but I pretended and you know here's the thing is when you walk with the when you walk with a crown you have to keep your head up because if you look down it falls off so I want you to hold your head up high I want you to pretend okay I'm being serious sometimes we need visual things we need something that sticks in our head but pretend. And at that point in time, I'd sold my business, and I thought, okay, when my youngest went to, to kindergarten, you know, then I didn't have kids at home, and I was like, what should I do? So I was working at the school district at that time, and, because I thought, I know kids. And I remember just even having those kids, so I would take them from one class to the other. I was practicing what God's Word said, and I was practicing holding myself up and walking as a woman to be honored and revered. It's not that I was better than anybody else. That's not what I'm saying. When you understand your identity, then it's easy to raise somebody else up, but you may need, in fact, if you need to borrow my crown, I'll let you borrow it and have it. Somebody gave this to me and so, and it actually matches today. I didn't plan that, but that's, thank you, Lord. but maybe you need to pretend now, you know, it's kind of a big thing, little girls, princess, the whole, the whole nine yards. But that's how God, it says right there in Scripture, he's crowned us with glory and honor. He's given you a crown, so I want to challenge you to wear it. Number five in your notes. I cannot surrender my identity to negative emotions or words? Negative emotions. That's when we feel less than. That's when we feel like we're not of value. That's when we feel, or we take those words that people speak to us. And many times we have to dust them off. And somebody says something that's unkind I try to practice quick forgiveness because i don't have time to carry around a lot of baggage and sometimes i have to walk away from situations and say god i choose to forgive this person for what they said or what they did or didn't do or whatever i get rid of those negative emotions in words it doesn't mean that things don't hurt sometimes we need to take our hurt to the lord that really hurt lord you be honest with god he knows He thinks about you all the time. We just need to agree with him. I want you to wake up and be an empowered, mature daughter or son of God, for any men that are listening to the podcast. Because until you love yourself, you're not going to be able to love others well. You're not going to be able to love other people well until you love yourself and you embrace who God made you to be and just ask him I need you to teach me number six we have to love ourselves that's what goes in that blank and who God made us to be before we can love others well if you have listened to anyone but God about your identity Repentance is your key to freedom. God doesn't look for perfection. Just come and repent. Come into agreement with Him and ask Him to give you His perception of you. Let's pray. Jesus, I just come to you And I ask that you speak truth to any of us where we've believed a lie. Father, we just come together. And I just pray that each one of us would exchange the lies we've believed for your truth. I want you to just say this with me. If it's your heart, just say, God, any lie... Go ahead, say it out loud. God, that I have believed about myself that doesn't align with your word, I repent. Give me your perception of myself. Help me practice the truth of your word. Come heal my heart. And help me so I can become the person you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen.